This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all the things that make our city a great place to live, work, and play. Today's host attended the University of South Florida for dance and is the executive director of the Florida Dance Theater. He leads a dynamic team of passionate artists working to diversify the way dance impacts our communities. He's on the board of Lakeland Vision, Harrison School for the Performing Arts, and the Mayor's Council on the Arts. Please welcome your host, Jermaine Thornton. Welcome to the Good Life. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jermaine Thornton, and it's great to host this month's episode of Listen Lakeland. This show is an extension of Lakeland Vision. For over two decades, Lakeland Vision has been a voice for the citizens of Lakeland, working with community stakeholders to create a bright future for our city. Today on Listen Lakeland, we're gonna be talking about arts and wellness and its impact in the community. Today's guests include Tiffany Van Weeren, the Arts and Medicine Coordinator for Watson Clinic Foundation, Allison Han, Wellness Director at Florida Presbyterian Homes, and Peggy Corson, the Arts Coordinator at Florida Presbyterian Homes. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to start off this, this discussion today just really diving deep into wellness and arts. How do those things correlate? Can you briefly speak about what drew you to your current area of industry? Allison, would you like to start? Sure. Um, I think, you know, when I think about wellness, I think about uh, the eight dimensions of wellness and, you know, working at a retirement community, um, how, how do the arts um, play out in our community? And, um, you know, as with wellness in the eight dimensions of wellness, art, you know, can speak in so many different ways. It can speak, you know, the social dimension. We think about the emotional dimension, the spiritual dimension. And, um, you know, and with our residents, you know, there's different avenues where they can pick up on that art, you know, whether they're painting, um, you know, quilting, dancing, um, our bell choir, um, there's just a lot of different um, areas where they can express themselves. And, you know, wellness just um, just ties it all together to allow them to be able to do that. Mm. Tiffany, what are your thoughts? So um, I got into this after, you know, doing a lot of different kinds of jobs. <laughs> so I was a program manager. I was a small business owner. I was an educator. And kind of um, transitioned into this field, which is arts and medicine, sort of by happenstance, but I've always been fascinated by the intersectionality between where art meets health and wellness. Um, it's fascinating, and the more that I delved into it, the more I realized there's tons of research behind it that just really proves and validifies, creates validity around the idea that arts really weaves all of those things like a tapestry together. And so I'm very passionate about being able to advocate for that within our community because it touches everything. It touches education. It touches, you know, our young our young people, our, our you know, elderly citizens, um, our senior cares. It, it touches all of those things and really helps us to create um, our best selves as an individual and as a community. It's really, really impactful right there. Um, you know, the arts, you know, as you say, the arts are part of everyday life. It's woven into our very being. Um, you know, when we think about just the emotional aspect of people having a bad day, what do you do when you have a bad day? You 
put on your favorite piece of music. You wear brighter clothing. You, you know, open the windows, try to get some fresh air and you start singing. You hear birds singing. Like it's really woven into, you know, who we are. Peggy, how has the arts played a, a part in your personal life? Oh, I, uh, since early childhood, mm. I was involved in art, and it's very important. Uh, to me, I've seen how people who, who are going through loss and uh, different things in their lives, they come out through their art, and you can see more or less how they're progressing. And uh, it also brings them together because they appreciate each other's art, even though it's all different fields. And I, in my personal opinion is, art is like beauty. It's in the eye of the beholder. So what's beautiful in one person's eye is not art, but to others it is. So we appreciate everyone's art. So my mom used to say this growing up, let your eye form beauty in whatever it sees. And I take that with me, you know, wherever I go, yeah. um, not just in regards to arts, but in regards to people, in regards to the way that I treat people, the way that I interact with people, the way that I also allow people to interact with me, that also plays a key factor. Um, I think that even with that, you know, the arts and wellness together it's, it's, it's very powerful. It speaks volumes on so many different levels. Do you see an increase or decrease in the appreciation for the arts in our community in today's society? I would say I've seen an increase. I mean, not just in our community, but you know, worldwide, really. I think the pandemic really brought to our attention how deeply impactful the arts are for all of us. Um, and through that, I, I've seen, especially as we kind of all back come back together again, the true sort of flourishing of that creativity. Um, and I think, you know, you can see it in our community. You can see it with, you know, the art that we see throughout the community. You could see it, you know, when we go to places like Polk Museum of Art. Um, we could see it in the way that we bring the arts into everyday life within our community, I think is pretty powerful. I think I think she's spot on. I think our community has done a good job. I feel like, you know, there are opportunities to enhance and to grow, but, you know, we have a wonderful, you know, museum, our Polk Museum of Art. Um, you know, I think, you know, having Florida Dance Theater and the wonderful things that it's doing within our community and the partnerships that are being created, um, I think is another um, wonderful, you know, thing that we have. I think there's a lot of different expressions of art. And I think people being, um, being I don't know, being able to see that, that there are different expressions, that art isn't just one thing, that it's a lot of different things and making that available to people through classes, interaction and promoting and doing things just like what we're doing today, being able to talk about it, not just for a certain age group, but making it available to all age groups, I think is really important. So I feel like, you know, our community is, is doing, doing well, but I think it, continue, can, it can grow and do better. There's always room for growth. I love that, that you talked about accessibility in that because 
so often we think of arts, especially certain kinds of arts, like when we think of ballet or we think of high high end art, mm-hmm. um, we think that you know if, if it just being a certain type of person that that gets to experience those things, and so I think creating. I think we do a good job as Lakeland of creating some accessibility around that. I think that we also have a lot of room where we can grow our accessibility to that for, for, you know, every person. Mm. I think that one of the things that we could also do is even for our listeners, you know, you are listeners, what, where do you want to see the arts go within the next one to two years, three years, four years, five years, you know, there's so many windows for opportunity you know, to engage, to challenge the arts world, to pull in all these different elements to improve your wellness, your quality of life. Uh, you know, the arts impacts uh, wellness, just like, as you said, um, Allison, in rehabilitative practices as well, not just, um, you know, dance therapy, you know, those, those types of things, music therapy, you know, all those elements are really, really important what ways do you listeners want to engage with the arts? You know, because we in our respective areas, we can assume we can have things plotted out and planned for what we think the city needs or the residents need. But it's really what you, our listeners, our residents, our community stakeholders want to have. That also is another layer of it, I think. I think one good um, way that we could do that is, is, you know, providing a survey and Mm -hmm. asking the community, hey, what would you like to see? You know, what do you think we're doing good at? And then what direction would you like for us to go? And, you know, you know, given some choices, but also asking for some choices, getting some ideas. You know, I think that's, you know, really important because, you know, we at this table, you know, we may have our thoughts, but what does the community want? What do you want? And being able to take that information and to plan and to coordinate off of that, I think that'd be very impactful. I agree. Miss Peggy, what do you, in your experience with the arts, what would you like to see? <clears throat> I would like to see uh, accessibility more for like in my group, <clears throat> the retirement home. Uh, knowing uh, how to contact the art instructors and get them at our facility where they could give classes because they really want the classes. And we have some, but a lot of times we don't know who to contact or how to reach them. And that would be most beneficial if uh, if someone could provide that. And, that, and that, I think that falls under the accessibility, mm-hmm. you know, bringing people who have a passion to teach and to share their love for, you know, whatever, like genre that they, they, they have that passion for. And, you know, like Miss Peggy said, you know, bringing them on campus or bringing them to those different people groups to be able to share that, I think, you know, would be wonderful. And maybe having, you know, a place, a website, like here are some things that are available within the community and these locations and you can go and take a wonderful dance class or um, there's another quilting class or whatever, but really pulling everything together. I feel like there's a lot of great things going on in our community, but maybe just bringing it all together in one location where everybody can very easily access it 
mm-hmm. that they know like where to go and where they can pick up on it. You know, just like she said, we would love to have people come on our campus and do more with our residents because they do have a love for different areas of art. Mm-hmm. When I think too, when you think about accessibility, you can't just have that idea of, well, I'm going to bring everybody to me because that creates accessibility issues, right? You have accessibility issues with trying to bring people to you. So I think any sort of dynamic um, step towards accessibility has to be twofold. It has to be, how do we bring people here and, and create these wonderful engagements with the arts? And how do we, actually maybe even threefold, and how do we go to the people, right? I think the third compo- component of that is how do we leverage leverage what's already there within the community mm-hmm. and within different um, dynamics of um, our sub, you know our subcultures that we have here in Lakeland and, and really incorporating some of that diversity into those arts engagements as well. Yeah, and that's like a three that's a three prong effort, and I think it's there. It's just being able to enhance it and make it better. I think that's you know spot on. What do you think? What's the response you like to get? I think the response would be engagement, you know, engagement with with the arts primarily, but just just engagement at all. So, you know, I drive my kids to school, right? We have these wonderful pieces of art on the sides of buildings. And um, my kids talk about them. I talk about them. It gives us a chance on the way to school to discuss art. And that's a beautiful thing, right? Creating, you know, these engagements that we may not necessarily see um, I think are really wonderful, but, you know, really seeing excitement around those two. And I always like to look for, um, when I'm looking at making a positive impact, that snowball effect, right? So people get excited about it and it sort of generates more and more. It's just, it's just really showing like how we can really dive deeper and really, I think of like tentacles, like an octopus with, you know, mm-hmm. just stretching everything out and really really getting our hands in different areas. So thank you so much, ladies, for your time. We have two more guests that are going to be joining us in just a moment. And we are back. Thank you so much, Tiffany Van Weren, for sticking with us for this second session. We also have two new guests. We have Dr. Alex Rich, the Executive Director and Chief Curator of the Polk Museum of Art at Florida Southern College. And we also have Miss Suzanne Lovely, who's a local dance educator here in the city of Lakeland. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us, Jermaine. So I'd like to start with you, Dr. Alex. How has the arts played an important role in your life? Well, I think, you know, from I grew up in New York City and then moving here to Lakeland, I've seen the way that arts impact our lives from our earliest years. And I think in terms of what I've seen here in the growth of Lakeland, even over the past five, 10 years has been incredible. See that way you know, from a young kid, I loved going to museums and I loved going to art classes. And I think that what we realize as we get to be adults and you know, in terms of what we do at the museum, we realize the way that, that impacts someone as their full being. And you know, our conversation today surrounds arts and wellness. And oftentimes what's overlooked is this idea of social fitness, being able to think about your place in the world, think about how others' lives are reflected through cultural offerings. You go to a museum, of course, that's my domain, and the art history classroom is my domain at Florida Southern. But you know, people come in and they learn about 
other people's worlds over time, over cultures. Empathy, the development of empathy is vitally important to seeing something outside of your own vacuum. That helps your mental health. The ability to go through galleries at a museum like ours and look at art, have conversations about art, opens up your whole realm of being in addition to feeling isolated, getting your mind off of the things that may trouble you. They are means of escape. And I think that social fitness side of it is something that we all realize forever. And that's been vitally important to me from the time I've been a kid to being a professor, to being a museum director and curator. That's all vital in what I do and what I try to do every day. And I think we've seen that growth also in our community through all of our arts organizations. I think it's essential to why culture is important. Mm. And kind of jumping on that. So arts and health, arts and health, arts and medicine is kind of relatively a new field. Um, I say that, but of course I'm probably going to sound kind of weird saying that because it really kind of began developing really in the 90s. And now we have like this plethora of research showing how these things not only impact us emotionally, but physically have impact. You get 24% improved health outcomes when people are engaged with the arts. In fact, so much so that they did a really great study um, where they put art in hospital rooms. And patients who had a piece of art hanging in the hospital room on average got out an entire day earlier than their peers who did not have art hanging in the classroom or in the not classroom teacher <laughs> um, in their hospital room. And that not only affects that person that experiences the art, but it affects, you know, the, the GP, yeah, the, the, the community as well, the city, the hospital, you know, their numbers that they have, all of their, the costs that go, uh, go all go on with a hospital stay. Um, all of those components kind of tie in together. Um, you at University of Florida and Chance Hospital actually have wonderful research that you've talked about, you know, um, how arts can impact things like Parkinson's and dementia. You know, you'll have a patient who doesn't remember their name or, you know, the people around them, but they can bring, come back to themselves through a piece of music. You have Parkinson's patients, and there's wonderful research around this, um, where they can't keep their hands still. But as soon as they sit down to play a piece at the piano, their hands become still and they're able to regain control of their fingers. I mean, these things that we don't necessarily, we always, I think we tend to think of arts as play, and as something extra when we have enough time, rather than the shift that I feel like is happening, which is understanding that they're not just something that we need to do when we have time, but they're really just an um, inherent part of who we are as humans. And to go off that point, I think that you know art and science are often set up as these dialectical odds, right? Yeah. They are completely different things, especially people studying in either field. But as you said, Tiffany, there is true data to support the advantage of studying art, being around art, listening to music, all that enhances people's lives. And as you said, people truly do improve their health mm -hmm. by looking at art, by listening to music, by learning to play an instrument, and in general as well. I mean, it helps people who have any sort of disability to overcome those disabilities, to have any sort of aphasia, any sort of suffering of any sort of dementia. We see that daily at the museum. And you know, my team here locally in Lakeland, we think about that and think about our audiences and the accessibility of our programming to audiences of 
all abilities all the time. And I think we can all improve in terms of what our organizations do as we bring greater and greater attention to the needs of a wider population. But that's what we all are in this for. We are mm-hmm. trying to, you know, especially for nonprofits, we yeah. are there to provide for our community. And I can think of so many instances where I, you know, we've done Alzheimer's specific programming. We've done autism spectrum specific programming. And to see the looks on those populations and their caretakers yes. and parents and guardians' faces with the experience they have makes everything we do so worthwhile. And that speaks to the heart of the arts and I think why people need to warm warm up to it more if you are a skeptic about art. <laughs> Everyone looks at art and listens to music and watches dance and performs every single day until you you don't may not realize and you say, oh wow, um, I'm just watching a TV show. Guess what? Every streaming show you're watching is also art. So <laughs> art is around us and is essential to everything we do. And just think about what your day would be like if you're not reading a book or reading a magazine. By the way, that's literary arts. If you're watching a TV show, that's art. Going to see a movie, playing a video game, those are all forms of art and you may overlook it, but it makes you feel better. That's your relaxation time, but it's also working your mental energies. And that's why it's so, so vital to everything we do. That is all wellness that we're unaware of on a daily basis. That's so true. That and, is so true. And I would say too, listeners at home, if you want to delve a little more into this, Americans for the Arts actually has a social impact wheel that is an interactive tool where you can see the impact of the arts on all different facets of life, not just wellness, but education and, and um, the city and everything. It's a really wonderful tool. That, that's just awesome stuff. Suzanne, I really wanted to have you speak on um, your your experiences because you're a local dance educator and you have taught students of various abilities and, you know, various abilities, various, you know, stages of life, things of that sort. Can you speak about that for a little bit? Definitely. So I agree with Tiffany regarding how the arts and specifically dance has really made a big difference in students I've seen. I've noticed a big change with their confidence, especially the fact that many of the kids that I have taught have had some varying degrees of disabilities. And the fact that, you know, we could be in a class and I'll say, okay, you know, a couple of you choreographed together eight counts. And to see what they have collaborated together and, and come back with to perform, it's really very, very special. And I think that there's a lot of growth there and a lot of confidence building and camaraderie that I've really enjoyed seeing the past years. And I think that's true, Suzanne, as you said. I mean, it's a, arts are a collaborative space as yes. much as they are solo space. I think there's something to be said for what you can gain on your own in any involvement in the arts, but also it's a space for learning to work with others and learning to build upon your own skill sets with others. At the same time, also get to see the world through others' eyes or yes. others' mm-hmm. voices or performances. So I think that is so important. It has so much room for everyone to grow unto themselves, mm-hmm. whether that's awareness of others or awareness mm-hmm. of oneself. Right, and how they see it. Absolutely. Yep. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Especially as our, you know, we, we think of, again, the arts, if we think of it as this sort of thing of play, but, you know, we think of those educational components, right? Because we always think about our kids, our, our future, our kids. But as adults, it's so needed for, you know, us to play as well. Whimsy and play yes. are part of who we are. And, and we think, I think, I, tr- I try to tell my, my patients that I work with um, at the cancer center, which is primarily where I spend a big chunk of my day, um, the patients and the caregivers there, I tell them, you know, art isn't about perfection, it's about connection. And so we think, I feel, <laughs> I feel like as adults, we think, well, 
I'm going to do this and it has to be beautiful or it has to be, you want it to be competent, right? Perfect. You want it to be an outcome, right? I have, I'm creating a product and if I'm good at it, I'll sell it. No. So, you know, we think we have to create this thing that's going to be this wonderful thing. But one of my favorite things is my mom singing. And my mom would tell you she can't sing. <laughs> she goes, I can't sing. I don't, I can't, don't carry a tune in a bucket. But I love hearing her sing. It's one of the most beautiful things. And I think we get so caught up in this idea that I have to create this, this perfection or this standard that we forget that art isn't about that. Music isn't about that. We can appreciate the beauty and, and magnitude of an artist who has spent years cultivating their craft and honing their craft. But it's not necessarily about that when we are interacting with art. That is, that is something that we can appreciate and heightens the experience, but it is not everything that is the experience of art and the arts. Along those same lines, you know, the, you, I, I see it in the classroom a lot. I see it at the museum a lot. And in terms of people negating their own abilities, either as, you know, as an artist of mm. any kind or their appreciation for art, I get students coming into my art history classroom all the time and say, I don't know anything about art. Well, that's the point of your being in the classroom. <laughs> and there's that great aha moment that you have. Wow, I love this. Maybe I'll become an art history major or a minor. Or you come to the museum and I don't know anything about art. Well, that's the value of coming to the museum. <laughs> and you know, we are an academic community museum at the Polk Museum of Art. So we're for our community, but we're also proudly, and I say unapologetically academic, because I think in terms of wellness, the idea that you can have some sort of aha moment or that we privilege intelligence, mm. we, we privilege the idea that we're not going to teach down to you. People like to learn. When you come away from the Polk Museum of Art, I challenge you not to have learned something or to have had a great time. And I think that is wellness too. Wow, I came yes. in a skeptic and I love that Edward Hopper and Guy Pendable exhibition. I love the Lauren Austin Life in Quilts exhibition. I mm. loved seeing something I never would have known about. And I think people take pride in that and also that feeling, wow, today I did something new and I learned something new. And oftentimes that's people pushing themselves beyond their own expectations, whether that is thinking you don't have a great singing voice mm -hmm. or learning something or learning a new dance routine. Just doing something outside of your comfort zone can make you feel really good because you will Definitely. succeed, especially in the art world, when there is no definition of what makes something a perfect form of art. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that also, that also says is that that's the arts unlock another layer of your authenticity. Mm. Oh yes. Yep. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's very, very true. It with, you know, basically what you were saying, Alex and Tiffany, you know, what you're all saying, Suzanne as well, is that the arts flows out of an authentic place, right? It's a safe space. And when someone feels that that's when the true, the true, power of who they are is unleashed it's unlocked mm. they feel safe in that environment and they shine and that's what really empowers a community that is what really empowers someone's quality of life and quality of being and quality of of contribution mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if someone doesn't feel comfortable if they don't feel safe if they don't feel that they are valued or that they matter they're not going to invest their time, their talent, their treasure, who they really are into anything. Mm -hmm. And and the best, and along those lines, yeah, the idea of authenticity, you know, the best forms of art are those that are accessible to all audiences, but also accessible to those who take to different genres and mm -hmm. subgenres yeah. of art. Not everyone's going to love this exhibition or this style of dance or mm -hmm. going to the opera. Um, you might have people that like all different 
elements of the art world, but there's something available to everyone. So you can find where your own authentic experience comes from, whether you are a performer or an artist yourself, but there's that world that of art's complete accessibility. I think more than any other realm of human experience, there's something in arts and culture for everyone. And I just think that that's, it's all, it, it's just provable. Just think about what you do every day, right? <laughs> I mean, as an art historian, I would say, everyone's an art historian, whether you've trained or not, we look at the visual world around us every day. You may not realize it, but it is woven completely into your whole being and it is accessible and you will find your authenticity through something that relates to you. And hopefully that gives you a better relationship to other people. I mean, that's very vital mm -hmm. to wellness is how your world impacts others' worlds and understanding mm -hmm. of others' worlds. And I think that's truly at the heart of what, again, art is about. So that makes it very authentic and accessible. Mm -hmm. And we could do a better job making individual organizational programming accessible, but art itself, begins as I think the most accessible entry point into our existences together. I would say too, going kind of piggybacking off of that, as well as what you were saying, creating empathy, I think is one of the roles of, of art in general, you know, kind of pushes us to think past our own experience. And, you know, when we talk about like things like literacy and reading and how the brain, if you're reading about a um, an Olympic swim diver, I don't know if that's the actual correct verbiage, but you're reading about a, you know, a, a, an Olympic swimmer and your brain and they're swimming and they're running out of breath. Your brain is actually thinking of what that experience is actually like. It doesn't know the difference between actually experiencing it and necessarily that it's on a page. And I think art kind of presses us in that way. It helps us to kind of put down our guard because we're in that safe space and allows us to be open to other opportunities. When I think about, you know, the arts in my own life, I came from what would probably be considered, not probably, probably considered an at-risk sort of household growing up with some less than ideal sort of situations. I was very grateful that I didn't have it as bad as some people, but, you know, I definitely struggled a lot as a kid. And I would say that music saved my life in many ways because it was a safe place where I could just be whole and safe and sound, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and even during the pandemic, when I think of things that created um, wellness for me, and I, I can't be the only one, okay, that picked up a pandemic instrument like a ukulele and now has like six ukuleles. <laughs> My husband says I have a problem. I don't have a problem. I just like ukuleles. I can't help it. So <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that had picked up something new that was arts related during that time when we needed each other and we needed that connectiveness. Um, so I think, you know, creating the empathy, pushing us yeah. to experience new things, it's all part of that job of, job of the arts if we think about what our role is and it integrates into that wellness factor. And Tiffany, I think speaking of the pandemic, you know, at, for, you know, we all entered in the pandemic not knowing what that would be like. Yeah. And we all suddenly became isolated into our own worlds, our own little bubbles. And I think we found that the, you know, all for all the detriments of our virtual world and the fact that people live in their phones and, you know, everything is accessible to us all the time, which again, art hopefully takes us outside of those spheres. Mm -hmm. We realized during the pandemic that there was a way to connect through the yes. arts as well. I mean, whether that is virtual programming, you know, we question what do our organizations look like during yeah a time mm. of pandemic, right? Yeah, and I think all of our organizations realized new ways to grow. And we came to people where they were quite literally in their homes. And the idea that you could take 
dance, the idea that you could take exhibitions, that you could take music and bring that somehow into people's spaces and make them feel like they're still together as a community, Mm -hmm. I think was a really important thing we learned. And then we take those lessons from the pandemic and then we've applied them back to the in person Mm -hmm. or in real life world. And that's somewhat been a little bit of a struggle, I think, to say we did it so well virtually, but people don't want to be on Zoom anymore. Mm -hmm. And to think about how do we make that connectiveness still work that people oddly gained through arts during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're on the other side of it. So, I mean, I'm sure, Suzanne, I'm sure you've seen that with students back in the studio. I'm sure you've seen that. Right. Honestly, my mind's right now is going to a little different place in that through the pandemic, speaking of, we did all become so much more appreciative of what we could see on, you know, streaming and this and that and all these live performances that are now on video that we can see. But what I kind of have a little bit of a hard time with is the support, lack of support in dance. And I don't know about the other areas of art, but in the, in the fields of training to get to that beautiful performance that you see, how does that, how does, how does it come to be there? So I would really love to see our community in the next three to five years support you know, some de- development of some of the training for mm-hmm. the ballet school, Florida Dance Theater. What happens there? You know, they, they've got they've got the professionals, the real professionals teaching these children. So I would love to see the support grow there. And you know, I know that at the museum you've got several classes, but yeah, I, would I mean, just, museum, same. Thing, I mean, the behind the scenes. How do you get exactly, that new generation involved exactly. in knowing the behind the scenes? We do my programs, museum studies. Mm-hmm. You're teaching that next generation of folks. It doesn't just an exhibition doesn't just appear. Exactly. A dance performance doesn't doesn't appear, but also I think that can help people to know that what they're doing and the way that art is important to them can also fulfill them throughout their lives. Right. And how do you do that when education funding keeps getting cut? And how do you make that accessible? to students who maybe have two working parents that work right. two, two, three jobs. Right. right. So creating funding around those opportunities to create that accessibility for those wonderful joint programs and creating all that. So, And then remembering our older communities at the same yes. time. Oh, right? yeah. It's always such a delicate and <laughs> important is. balance between right. that. How do we help the next generation appreciate the role of art in their lives, but mm-hmm. also remember how essential it is to our older population? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, and even even with these these questions, it really reinforces the the need for stronger collaborations and partnerships. Even with um, our organizations as nonprofits, you know, as as independent artists, how can we then forge a stronger alliance that we can then go back out into the community and utilize, you know, what we currently have to then create these pathways of accessibility into, you know, for our aging populations, for our middle age and, and, you know, and younger, what does that look like? You know, I'm really grateful that you all took the time out to share your thoughts with us on arts and wellness. And I know this discussion is not over. Uh, (laughs) It's, it's a very, very in-depth discussion. It's, it's much needed. It's very much appreciated. And, you know, honestly, I think the best is yet to come. I honestly mm-hmm. do, you know, once we're bringing attention to this and, you know, you are viewers, you are listeners, what do you want to see happen with arts and wellness? How can we shape and, and plant seeds, you know, plant seeds, water seeds? How can we as a community take this to the next level? That's a question we'll have to answer another time. 
So thank you so much for tuning in to Listen Lakeland. Your feedback is valued and we encourage you to head over to www.lakelandvision.org to participate in our monthly survey related to today's show's topic. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications, a community working together to provide an exceptional quality of life. Thank you for being with us.